0: everyone. Welcome back to Who Put Us in Charge. This is River and I'm here with Annie. Hi Annie. Hi. Hello. <laughs> um, we are going to start with a short little prayer or setting of an intention. Um, it helps both of us ground kind of at the beginning of our podcast and so if you uh, are able to and you want to close your eyes with us. Um, I'm just gonna close my eyes and uh, bring my awareness into my breath. And I think, um, I remember reading somewhere when someone says, you offer gratitude in the beginning um, before you begin. I think it might've been Liz Gilbert in Eat, Eat, Pray, Love. She um, talked about the beginning of her book and she said with the 109 beads, um, that she based her book off of, um, prayer beads, mala beads. I think the last bead is a, um, bead of prayer or the first bead. So she said before she started, she wanted to thank her guru who she met in India. So anyway, I think like, that's a, just a good thing to think about before starting any practice or any, um, creative project or any um, new journey, just giving thanks for the blessings that are to come or for the ability to do what you're doing. So I'm just going to offer a little thank you for us being here and able to podcast and having the, uh, the proper equipment, which took us a little while to figure out what equipment to get to do this. And thank you for, uh, figuring out the platform that we use to upload our podcast. This is, this is literally our, 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 one of our first, uh, we've been podcasting for about a year, but this is our first, you know, round, I think of, I don't know what number of podcasts this will be, but (laughs) we're in the beginning phase. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, okay, okay. So just bring your breath into your heart and notice what you're feeling. And notice if you're feeling connected or disconnected from the energy of, of your own soul, spirit, love, feeling of creativity, excitement, wonder. And maybe ask Um, yourself, if, and the creator to be with you. And so I'm just going to ask God, the creator, divine presence, just to surround me to be with me and acknowledge that all of my strength comes through God and the divine. And it's not my own power that helps me move through anything in life. It's when I hand over all all of everything. And then all of a sudden, things start figuring out for me. And it's when I take a back seat, and I let God and spirit and source kind of in the front seat of my life, and then things just work out better. And I'm so grateful for that. So thank you um, for being here with us. I'm going to open my eyes and just We want also another intention um, is to be present with our audience and to be authentic in our sharing. So today we would, we just want to acknowledge that you all are taking time out of your day to listen to us. And, um, this space is uh, a space of connecting, connecting with other sisters, other brothers, other fellow travelers on the way of, uh, the way home to ourselves, to a place of God spirit, peace, joy, love, comfort, uh, yeah, and everything that brings us closer. How does that feel, Annie? Really good.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> that was really soothing. I, uh, I always like when you pray and kind of get us connected to, I don't know, the beloved divine mother sister yeah mm-hmm. i feel like river yeah sometimes i'll just She, i mean she's done it with me too but sometimes we'll like ask each other to just pray or um help the other relax sometimes it's nice to have somebody else guide you and just like hand it over and she's really good at just talking through a prayer and connecting so yeah that nurturing element Thanks. that you have thank
0: you that was nice aww yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I actually kind of learned my the first person to teach me to pray was this Rasta man that I met in the Caribbean and I had a relationship with for three years. But um Aww. one of the things that was really nice when I connected with him was that he would, um we would pray together and I'd never been in a relationship with um anyone where there was such a strong focus on praying and on um, bringing God into every conversation, every, um, space that we were in together. Um, every, everything was always like, um, the intention was with God, the father, he always liked to Aww. thank the father. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> That's sweet, Yeah. Aww. So, you know, that was a journey for me. So I, um, hmm. yeah, I just feel a lot of gratitude to be, for being here and, I mean, okay. you woke um, up lighter my- today. Yeah, you. You. I can feel yeah. your energy
1: is like you had the sun coming in your room. I'm an hour behind you. So it was like darkness for me. And it's it's kind of like this nice, hopeful feeling when I see you and like the sun is like beaming through your windows and I'm like <laughs> in the dark basement with there's windows down here, but say, oh, the light's coming soon. <laughs> it's
0: going to, yeah, so it's just
1: an hour ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, your energy, you you had a good connection. You briefly told me she had a really good connection this morning, which I think is really um, hopeful. Like it just brings you like, I don't know about other people, but I've honestly struggled with hope lately, which is really kind of scary. It's one of the things that as humans with all the shit that happens when you lose hope, that's kind of tough because um, that's really what drives us forward. We're kind of dumb that way. It's like dumb and smart to just uh-huh. keep having hope and faith. And uh-huh. I feel like I can see a l- like some light filled back up in your cup and like gave you yeah. hope because you I were do
0: have hope acknowledged or something. Yeah, yeah, I. I think, well the, well, the first thing I kind of want to talk about is not yesterday, the day before I watched, have you seen um, Will Smith in The Pursuit of Happiness? Oh, my gosh. I love that movie. Oh, my gosh. It and It is we just so watched, good. <laughs>
1: we watched Karate Kid last night with his son. That's so funny. Um, oh, I did Such a good know. little movie, too. But uh, yeah, so he's he was kind of on my mind,
0: Will Smith, because of that. That's such well, a good so movie. So it's... It's wild because I've had so much stress about finances. Mm. I mean, incredible, incredible fear about money, which mm-hmm. I, we, I we've talked about um, in our podcast. And uh, Will Smith, well, in *The Pursuit of Happiness*, Chris Gardner, the man that he plays, which is based on a true story. I think what was amazing to me, I watched it with my youngest son, Ross, and. I think what was like so amazing to me was, uh, he, literally, um, decided that he wanted this. He wanted just happiness. He was going to pursue happiness. He saw these stockbrokers who were happy, and he was a scrambling salesman. And so stressed out every month about money. And it's like this energy that you're in when you're stressed out about money scrambling every month, which is pretty much where I am right now. Um, I'm like paycheck to paycheck. Um, I'm on a salary. And I um, it's it's like every month I kind of dread going on the computer to look at, you know, paying my bills. And (laughs) it's not it's not like I'm not. I wouldn't say I feel abundant I I I feel abundant with my prayer practice and with my the the people in my life but I'm having a hard time feeling like financial abundance but I'm working on it and um I know abundance there's this whole thing where it's like you have to feel abundant financially before you actually are abundant and to think of all the ways I am abundant which I really am I'm so blessed with like amazing people in my life my life um I have so many amazing people in my life and that's like all the abundance you need. But anyway, what amazed me with this movie was that he was scrambling and then he decides to go for it. And what I think what really hit me um, and this this is the second time I've watched it was every time um, he got closer to his this total wild idea of going for this internship at this top stock brokerage firm without a college degree or anything, every time he got closer to that goal, something crazy would happen. That oh, would make really? it really, I don't remember this. Yeah. yeah. First, of course. He, yeah. First he decides, um, to go and put the application in. And as he's handing them the application, he sees the, the, the girl hippie playing the guitar, like the, um, the girl with the long hair and the long skirt that was like total like hippie out of the seventies that was playing a guitar. He left like one of his items that he was selling, like he was carrying around like a bone density scanner. He left it with her and she was running down the street with it. Like he told her to watch it while he was handing in his application. And that was the very first time he was like, I'm filling out this application. I'm going to hand it in. I don't want to walk in with this big clunky thing. And he asked this girl to watch it, who is a street performer collecting money. And then she, he's like handing in the application and the girl's like running down the street. She stole it? Was she stealing she, it? She's stealing it. And that. so that was like the very first thing. So he had to like run out of the office. Op- he was just like, excuse me, sir, I've got to go. And, and he's just like, he handed him the application. He just started running out of the office and chasing <laughs> <laughs> and chasing this girl, so it's like the bone density. So it's almost scares. like he's like slowly moving towards his dream. He's doing something totally like what, what maybe like the because I'm all about how our mind and our beliefs affect our reality. So his beliefs are at that time that he could only make so much money, right? So he's he's handing in this application. He's going for this dream of doing something that you know, he's, he's excited about, and that looks like actually a fun job, not just for money. Right. And then, and then all of a sudden someone's stealing his only way to make money that month (laughs) to sustain him, (laughs) to sustain him while he's pursuing (laughs) his dream. So he's chasing her. Then the next thing that happens is he gets, um, he gets in the taxi with he's like really persistent he gets in the taxi with the guy that actually makes the decisions on who they hire he keeps like go, um trying to like cross paths with this guy and the guy said he doesn't have time to talk and and he's like i'm taking i'm getting in the cab going downtown so he gets in the cab with him and then the guy that's when he does the whole Rubik's cube thing where he solves a rubik's cube then the guy gets out of the cab and doesn't pay the cab guy and the character, Chris Gardner doesn't have any money except for like $5 in his wallet. And the bill is like $17 for the, the oh cab. And he's just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And he just took this risk of jumping in the cab because he was trying to create an opportunity, which actually, I think that was that moment, like sold him. And got that was like, that cracked the door made this guy never forget him. But, um, he literally jumped out of the taxi and had to run, from the taxi because he couldn't pay. And the taxi driver was just like him, chasing the girl with the bone density sc- scanner. Oh my gosh. The taxi driver chased him. He chased him all the way down into the subway. <laughs> he didn't even just like chase him with a car. He chased him all the way down in the subway. Oh, oh my God. And then he gets on the subway <laughs> and he can't pull his bone density scanner like onto the sub- the subway with him. And he has to drop <laughs> Oh my God. So he loses so it. Like- See, he so he was meant
1: loses it. to lose it. He was meant to give up the darn bone dense like that to me. It's all these bad things. However, it was almost like, just forget the bone density scanner. It's time to let go of your safety net. Just leave it. And then
0: and then so funny. he um gets called, then he gets called in for an interview. Oh no, then the guy calls him back and says, Do you have a piece of paper? Um, um uh we've decided to interview you because not everyone got a call to be interviewed and his wife or the mother of his child just walked out on him and took his son and he's in his place and he's devastated and he just got home and the phone rang and it's like he tries to find a pen he can't find a pen anywhere and the guy's going to give him an interview and the guy's like Chris Chris are you there and he's looking for a pen he can't find a pen anywhere he has to remember the entire number including the extension a four-digit extension and I was like, oh my gosh, how many things could be challenging for this guy? Oh my god! So he he repeats the number back to him. The guy's laughing because he's repeating it back. He's like, okay, Chris, I think you got it. I think you got it. He repeated it back just one time. And then he ran out of there to the like little whatever place, the little drugstore, and wrote down the, yeah. phone num- the phone number and he got it right. So he goes in, so he gets the interview, right? But then it gets, <laughs> it's like so wild. Then... His landlord wants to kick him out and he tells him he can get have one more week if one more week if he paints. So he's painting the apartment. The police come to the door and they arrest him because of his parking tickets, because he couldn't oh pay any of his parking tickets. And he literally, I mean, I'm telling like the whole movie, but it's like every time he gets closer to his dream- <laughs> She's ruining the movie for you in case you wanted to watch it. You don't know. Literally, need to watch it. I <laughs> I'm just saying. Every time he gets like closer to his dream, um, it's like, there's like major, major interference wow. that make it like it, he it's, in, it, it's crazy how it's not little. It's huge. It yeah. was huge yeah. huge. yeah, it was, he was, obstacles. he was arrested and kept overnight, but it was like, he almost couldn't make that interview. And then, and he was like dressed like a painter instead of in clothes. Cause he didn't have time to change, but it was oh, almost gosh. like, It was like the universe was testing him so much and his own mind maybe and his own beliefs. So I keep thinking like- Yeah, because he believes,
1: yeah. I can't, there's no way this, more and more people will be like, this won't work out. I'm not wearing the right attire. I'm not, nothing is done correctly,
0: but it's like, just keep believing. Just keep keep believing. But he was also one of the, it looked like the only black men in the Mm -hmm. internship. And so you never know, like- how other people's beliefs affect someone's ability, you know, it's not just your own beliefs you're overcoming, it's other beliefs about you and culturally, you know, the black culture has had to rise above like people's limited beliefs about them Mm -hmm. and women, like we're supporting women have to rise up above limited beliefs about them. So it's like, right. How how can we always, um, instead of feeling like a victim in any situation you're in, for me it's like okay um i've never really uh been able to establish financial worth um being i wanted to be home with my kids i've talked about i couldn't establish financial worth i just even my ex used to always say it was his money you know it was his money like i, I mean i'm sure he wow, he said that our money it was our money when we were married, but as soon as we went through the divorce, it was, I was, you know, it was, I was taking his money or whatever that we split up. And it's just a crappy feeling when you're giving up everything for your children and a family. And then you realize that you're really not worth anything to society. Like I came out and I'm scrambling every month to, to make money. And I'm terrified when child support will stop getting paid to me. And, and I, and I'm like, I don't want to, be dependent and i and i can tell my ex maybe he he doesn't mind giving me child support but sometimes i feel like it's it's a burden and it and it, and it, he's a little resentful um maybe i'm just assuming that but it's just not Ooh. a good feeling to feel like you're yeah. getting money from someone and they don't want to give it to you and i so i'm i'm curious about my own beliefs and society's beliefs about mothers and moms and being able to be financially empowered and independent mm. and um, I mean, women are you know amazing in the household and take over, make a like not all. Sometimes it's the, the man who stays home or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. like there's so much power that you have when you are in charge of managing a household. That I mean, I remember just oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Women like, run the house. It's like a yeah, thing, which is, yeah. yeah.
1: Like I've had friends I mean, tell me like something, you know, like it, why is it only your way, you know? And it's like, well, sorry, the woman runs the ha- Like, it's kind of a funny thing where I'm like, well, the woman runs the house. It's just how it is, you know, but <laughs> there, there does need to be a little balance there too. If, if, if it's like overly overbearing and critical and, you know, um, hyper-managed yeah. like in any situation I do think it's nice when the woman like is softening a little bit and not like because I find myself like what what am I curious about with my energy in the house because this is where I am and it's like try not to over criticize or just pick out every little thing because I pay such attention to detail I think that can come across and just like mm-hmm. hyper-managing but I mean in the traditional um and I, I've read this book it was so beautiful. It was just a novel, but it was um, from probably 500 years ago. I can't remember what time period, but it was like, it was old, but it was in China and the households were run by the matriarch. And when you married into a family, the woman moved in with the husband's home and her mother-in-law was like the boss. And
0: I think was that was Italy. Yeah, yeah. Italy is and, like yeah. that.
1: Yeah. And I think Latin, the Latin culture is very strong in that way too, as well, where um, the woman runs the house and what she says goes and she's, you know, cooking and meal planning. And I do think there's this confusion in the American household where it's like, there's almost some resentment that we have to do that. And sometimes I feel like in my lifetime, I've almost been put here to appreciate that element because I... As a young kiddo, I was like, I wanted to play, I wanted to be with the boys and just run around to be free. And I don't think I appreciated the feminine side enough where we deserve our independence and we we are amazing in the workforce. However, I don't think we should throw out the baby with the bathwater. I think there's a beautiful element to what the female can do for a family and a community. And um, growing and nurturing and creating beautiful things, whether it's in the house or the community or the yard, I wouldn't just throw that away. Like I,
0: yeah, even if it's unpaid is what we're saying, right. like these unpaid, just little things that you're doing that are supporting the people around you, but it's not really right. acknowledged or you're not given a bonus or yeah, <laughs> anything. Right. Yeah. And there's no, it's like, what is
1: the answer? Because we aren't paid and we are, it's, you can feel trapped with all of these obligations. It's like the scale is being tipped too far in one way, but I really think it's about having your community and maybe less about always blaming the man. I think, I think there needs to be a compromise because I do, I I get a zing when I say that, like there there's things where we're very underappreciated by, um, the general male culture, I think. Um, and it, it's not even their fault it's just like that society was built to
0: support the man very much it, in the it, workforce it really is it really yeah. is because women naturally want to you know take time with their kids right and 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 help and be around their kids a lot they just have yeah. this like they even say what that women and um carry some of their children's like cells or memory cells and they're they're so connected to that child Oh, gosh, as they're growing yeah. up that like, you can sense your child and how they're doing. There's some like DNA that they've proven that women are Whoa. really scientifically connected. I don't know. Oh, I, I believe
1: it. I believe yeah. that. Yeah. And the child yeah. thinks they're a part of you until they're like three. Anyways, it's like, I don't need to over generalize or judge or blame. It's just this curiosity we've had, like, well, where can we go from here? Because, you know, things might not be completely balanced. And we've said it before, too, the yin and the yang, like um, balancing the, ma- the masculine and the feminine. Um, anyways, I don't know. That's just a little tangent. But yeah, I, I want to watch that movie again because it does make me yeah. feel inspired because very often we're like, is this a sign that, you know, we're not supposed to be doing something if there's so many blocks? But with the podcast, we've had crazy blocks, too. Yeah, and we just kept persisting. We're like, no we have to persist. Mm
0: -hmm. And we just know Mm -hmm. we have to keep persisting. And we're not supposed to give up. Mm -hmm. I know, like every time we made like a step forward, we would have something happen where like something crazy where we just couldn't podcast or uh, one of our children needed us or um, the internet wasn't working or headphones would just not work. Or um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just, then we had to figure out how we were going to you know, the platform we were going to use to get it to Apple. And it, it is, it's a little bit um, interesting when you feel there's actually something totally blocking that progress, but then, um, and some of it is out, was totally out of our hands. And we were just like, okay, well, I guess like we thought we were going to start our podcast a year ago and we're, we started it the next year. <laughs> like a whole nother year later, we just kept, but we just kept recording. We never got upset with each other. We're just like, well, you know, we've got some more recordings. And then we started a whole year after the year we thought we were going to start.
1: Well, what's crazy. I started a new folder in our little, in my podcast folder, on my computer for 2024. And so I have one for 2022, 23 and 24. (laughs) This is our third year actually. Like we're starting our yeah. third year work. We started it in March 22.
0: Yeah, that's wild. But then it's we actually wild. put it went public January one of 2024. Yeah. And it just it took, it's amazing yeah. the discipline and the dedication and not giving up when you feel like you're like, Oh, I'm not going to figure this this part is just too hard. And then and And also, too, what I think was surprising was we'd met other people that podcasted and might just started using their phone, using the audio on their phone. <laughs> figured out like everything, and they were just able to just upload and record immediately and didn't right. have the same hurdles we had. So I think just trusting the progress, the process of whatever creative project you're on, yeah, is an answer. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: totally. Yeah. I mean, i I can't say exactly when. When things come up as blocks that are telling you to stop, I wish I could come up with an example. They're just little things that might happen around the house. Like if I'm trying to go to the store and, you know, like maybe somebody just needs to use the bathroom or isn't feeling well, like one of my kids, like that sometimes I it feels like an obvious sign, like, okay, we don't need to go to the store today. But like sometimes it is hard not knowing is this a block I'm not meant to do? But I think if your heart feels it and if you see it, like I kept seeing us doing the podcast, like it wasn't a vision that felt like I couldn't see. Mm -hmm. Like if you can picture it then just keep pursuing it, picture it and pursue.
0: (laughs) Oh, I like that. Mm. Yeah. And even I've been working on a book for a long time, a very long time, um, (laughs) I almost, it's like one of those things where it's like, don't talk about it because, um, it's still (laughs) not out there yet, but (laughs) I, um, I, I would say that I think what, I think what's really kind of funny for me is all the different times where I thought I was so close. I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be publishing this in two months. And I was like, I'm just self-publishing it and you i would know. tell my sister i was like it's ready <laughs> it's going. almost
1: done i think i'm done now. no you said this like a week ago i think <laughs> i'm i think this is it i think i'm almost i'm i'm ready to publish it and I, if i had a penny for every time a dollar for that. every time you've said that it's really funny I but i know but it's your persistence you're saying that because you believe so it's actually a good intention it's but maybe oh, yeah. instead of it's almost <clears throat> ready i don't even know what it is you do have it's like the same thing i think it's almost I think I'm almost ready to release my book. It's always release mm-hmm. that's the word you always use mm-hmm. but will be I, done. I
0: have <laughs> I have like encountered like this past year. I realized you know it's I've realized it's a um it's a memoir so it's based on a real experience and i had i had like a whole phase that I had to go through that I hadn't gone through yet, which was talking to a literary lawyer and realizing the actual legality of, of, of what I was talking about in my book that, um, was kind of unique to other memoirs. (laughs) I was like, oh crap, (laughs) like, but I mean, I just think that like, you have to, if you've never done something before there's a journey and it takes a while as you go on that journey and you might have your own idea of like, Oh, this is what I'm doing. This is how it's going to work. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, like I found out there were certain things that I had to do to protect myself as the writer and certain things that I had to make sure, um, were kept anonymous and confidential in the book. And I think like, if I don't, if I didn't really think about, if I rushed too quickly, it wouldn't have been the right book, and it wouldn't have worked out right. So everybody's timeline is different. And maybe keeping your own creative, like project to yourself, before other people can have an opinion that affects it. So it's like, you have your creative project, you protect it, you only invite people in that are nurturing and supporting it. And you keep it kind of private and you don't mention it to other people until you're ready to go public. And I think that's probably, um, a good thing also to remember because it's, it's like, if you don't totally believe in yourself and then someone else unconsciously, they might not say anything, but they unconsciously doubt your ability to do what it is you want to do. It can like kind of mess with you as, I've talked about too, with like those near-death experiences and people have been shown that their judgments on other people are literally like ropes that bind them to uh, a limited belief about themselves and make it harder for them to feel like they can break free of this certain identity they have that's not um, serving them. Yeah, And I think this is really specific to people that
1: have the self-doubt at times, like I know You know, we've both had it come up in certain areas. So I think if there's things, some people, you know, that are like very confident and don't have the self-doubt might be comfortable, um, telling more people or sharing it more beforehand and it probably won't affect them. Like I'm thinking of like how some people will share a baby name when they're pregnant and they're just like, that's the name. And everybody has an opinion about freaking baby names. People will tell you they'll make a face, they'll just whatever. And that's why we (laughs) did not, we did not share baby names with anyone because we didn't want to get in our head. We knew it would affect us. And I feel like it is the same with that, with like creative projects. Like there are some people walking on this earth and goodness, like I would love to take their, their confidence. Like I'm confident in ways for sure, but you know, those people that can just walk around and they have that, that shield of confidence and you're like, man, can I just have a cup and walk on and and that could be my assumption maybe it's not like that but i do feel like in the film industry you know it's not revealed it's like there's like they keep that pretty private until the movie is released mm-hmm. it's they're not sharing mm-hmm. the whole movie you might get a teaser you see the trailer but it is it's like when i share my photo galleries i used to give a teaser but um if i did it was only i was told only to do one or two images because it literally can also, um, this is actually like something my mentor told me, It there's something that it does to the person. The first time they see that image is the most powerful moment. They get um, this emotional reaction and connection to the image the first time they see it. And it's so powerful. It will never be the same again the next time they see the image and the next time they see the image. So if you're going to show some teasers, you don't show like 10. like. When I first started out, I was showing like five to 10 images and it's like, that's like a whole gallery for some people. You show one and it's this little inkling and it makes that person so interested in the rest of the images because it releases some chemicals. I don't know if it's endorphins, probably
0: Mm -hmm.
1: serotonins. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Probably something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyways, I think that makes sense. It's like not overwhelming people with something that if you are going to share something, it's just, and I have heard that. like don't share. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, I'm part of, uh, yeah, like a writing group and they, and they say that some people will, uh, before the book is released, they will, they'll do teasers. They'll do like Mm. um, a three page excerpt from the book. And they say people generally don't steal like pages from your book that you've written because it's so specific to your book. It's not it's in your of, voice. And yeah. I know. But you know, there's like I people wouldn't even worry think about stealing I know. Yeah. <laughs> but right, that's that
1: when like be a thought. you know, yeah.
0: With art, it's like, you know, that your people sometimes want to keep certain things private till it's totally done. But anyway, yeah. they say that it's really common to share um like a two or three page or an excerpt from your book that would be like a teaser to Uh get people interested. And that could be, you know, six months before you release the book, you start doing that, which I I could totally see that. So it's not like you're totally keeping something to yourself. You're just um, releasing, but you know, books take years to write unless you're uh, someone who can do it in six months. I'm always impressed with people who are so disciplined that they can write books Anyway, I like, I, I don't want to get into all that, Yeah, but, but on
1: average it's 10, isn't it 10 years on average? That's what I've heard.
0: I thought it was three to five years, but maybe, um, for a first time book, it's 10. I don't know.
1: I've heard 10. I've definitely heard it a few times, but maybe it was like the first book. I feel like, um, Elizabeth Gilbert said that Gilbert said that about her first book or, um, I don't know, Cheryl Some Stry- Someone, somebody said that, that it took 10 years, or maybe it was even that guy that, hmm, I'm trying, it doesn't matter, but I, no, I feel like what, so did you want to talk about, um,
0: what happened last night, this morning? Yeah. Before our
1: podcast is like going to be wrapped up. I mean, I feel like now's the time if you want to share this, you just had like a really good connection this morning. And I think it's a nice thing to share with others if you want. Okay, well, I,
0: um, I've been, um, going through like this painful journey, um, for the last three years, probably, um, where I I met someone that I felt really connected with at a soul level, and I even, even felt um, like God or spirit when I was with this person. Um, it was such a uplifting relationship and, um, and I think that like, as you put it before we started podcasting, um, I could confuse sometimes the connection I had with this man with God, because he was such like a, I, I would say a deep soul, like someone who, um, took it really seriously, like meditation and, um, praying and he's, he seemed to really have a deep connection with God. And, but I think I kind of confused sometimes like my connection with him, with my own connection with God, because it was so, uh, deep in that way. And, um, so, um, I, um, our relationship had ended and when we were in a relationship together, um, there were some like kind of visions that we might have shared together of our of our us, and so um, I had like. And after our relationship ended, he ended up in a in a relationship with a girl that I just felt like completely. Um, you know, uh, I wasn't worthy of this uh, connection or this relationship, and this girl was. Uh, more like, uh, doing what I think I shared this in another podcast, but the, I, I just struggled with feeling not good enough. And this other girl was doing all these amazing things. And, uh, someone who was more worthy of a relationship with someone who had this amazing connection to God, right? Like she's more worthy. She's mm-hmm. doing all these things and, and doing some things that were to me like so brave. Um, and maybe I was envious of her, but I know that her path is not mine. Um, but she's just out there like leading retreats, um, doing like naked yoga, teaching naked yoga, (laughs) um, doing all kinds of, um, like spiritual uplifting, like things with women that have to do with, um, kind of releasing shame about sexual energy and things like right. that. Yeah. So why, what were yeah. you going to say? You're well, I was going to say, which
1: like the funny thing is like, it drove you to go do a naked yoga class, which we have to talk about I did. About <laughs> yeah. I. Well, I mean- I've never seen Yeah. And you never would have done this. You only- no, I, right? I would have been you like, only that's did this because you like, she, she does naked yoga. I'm going to do. So in a way, I love that it like empowered you and fired you up like this girl does I think she triggers you is that the right word does she trigger yeah. you or did yeah I feel like you're moving
0: out of it a little bit yeah though. there's did. definitely a, I think a did. not as much yeah not as much anymore but did right. yes but she also <laughs> but yeah it is inspired really, you in a way it weird is funny way. because I I I was annoyed and I was just like kind of Yeah. Like what the heck? Like naked yoga. Like there's no, it's not for me. It was like, this is unnecessary. Like people are just taking it to another level to be more like extreme. It's like hot yoga and then Bikram Bikram yoga. And then now we're at naked yoga. And next thing we know, it's going to be like, everyone's having sex sex in the yoga class and the yoga class. And it's like (laughs) accepting, allowing your partner to have sex with someone else and getting over jealousy. It's like, seriously, how far do we have to take this like um, stuff people? But, um, Because literally like yoga, like you're doing downward dog on your butt and you're like everything. <laughs> your vagina is up in that's the air. I keep,
1: yeah, I keep thinking that. I mean, that's Sorry. insane. I but said it. The, the thing, <laughs> it's the one thing that I imagine. I'm like the downward dog. However, when you're, when you're when you're doing downward dog, you're not looking in front of you. You're looking behind you. <laughs> So you're never looking right at somebody's rear. This, I mean, I don't know how you did it. It's just. So, okay. What I did. So what I did. All right. We're going to do a little like side story and then I'll come back to this. Um, Are we going to talk about the naked yoga? I feel like we need to just do a little. Yeah. Do we talk I'll, about I'll, it now? While we're, you can't just yeah. be like, I'll talk about it next time. Okay. Now that I'll, you're talking. No, about no, it.
0: I'll talk. I'll talk about it because okay. I think what was really cool was that I, I found this amazing girl who teaches naked yoga in a really, really small setting, not too far from where I live. And she is not at all like this girl that I was jealous of. She had a total different um, demeanor in my mind. Uh, But anyway, like, so it was like, she was like the right Teacher for me, because if she was just like this girl, it probably would have really triggered me. Yeah. But the girl that I found was um, uh, just, I don't know, I felt like I could see myself in her a little bit. And I felt a little bit, um, I felt a little bit like this is like a badass practice. Like this isn't something that's, um, to take it lightly, it's not just like, "Oh, I'm gonna do this just to." Not that I thought this other girl wasn't badass, but I saw her in a different way. Just and mm-hmm. in and in a, I don't know. I don't. I sound judgmental, but there. These are just different ways that I'm looking at it. And That's who you
1: feel safe with, though. With something this big of it, you're na- getting naked. Yeah. It's like with your yeah. midwife or your doula, your doctor, <laughs> you're gonna cut. Co- like, who do you feel safe with? I mean, it's a very yeah, big and reveal. clearly I. Ha-
0: Yeah. And I had, I had a lot of jealousy and um, feeling like this other girl was just kind of more like almost showing off on social media in my mind because she was posting so much, but in her mind, she was probably empowering herself. But I I was so triggered by her that I was like, oh my God, she's constantly like showing off how like brave she is or how amazing she is or how vulnerable she is. So I was so constantly triggered by her where this other girl um, for me felt like a quieter person, more like me. She, um, I, it became aware to me that she also had gone through like some early childhood trauma stuff. And I just immediately felt like, um, she protected the space. Um, I remember when I showed up in the parking lot, like the bat, it was like the studio was like hidden in a parking lot behind like this other building and it's in it's in like a downtown area that I'm not gonna say where because I don't wanna advertise or give away information right now. But um mm-hmm. and so we're in this like downtown city um environment and it's like spray painted the back of the building spray painted and the door is like hidden in the spray paint. Oh my gosh. And and I'm like so I I I yeah, I can't even find the door. I I hardly knew where to park. And then finally, like I'm driving around and I got there early. I see people walking with yoga mats. And of course, like I park and all the people there met all men. And I, I, for some reason, I thought it was like a women's class. I just had in my mind, it was just going to be women that showed up or it was going to be more women. And I was like, okay, that looks like a 25 year old kid who is like somewhat preppy that was like the first person I saw the next oh one. I'm like, that gosh. guy looks like he's 30. He's like slightly overweight and maybe he plays golf. And then I'm like, <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> And then, <laughs> we're golfers. Now there's, this. <laughs> sorry. And then
1: <laughs> it's all that beer they're getting in the cart. <laughs>
0: Just and kidding. then, and then I sat down on like the curb. There were all these cars, like there were a few cars parked there. And I sat down on the curb and I literally had this like moment of being really pissed off at myself. I was so mad. I was like, why are you here? What are you doing? These men are going to see you naked. Why uh, are you here? Like yeah. what, like, like what, what are you thinking? Like this is the dumbest thing that you ever could do. Like, I don't understand what you're going to benefit from this. Like that, no. I, I'm like having this conversation. You're shaming myself. yourself. Yeah. And then this like older man shows up who has like white hair, um, a little bit of a, you know, belly. And he's wearing khaki like cargo shorts. I think like an actual polo shirt. And he looks like a retired man who wants to check out naked women literally Ugh. like that Ugh. that's you know my that's my judgment and my mind like immediately going to that um because that's what my previous beliefs are or that's what I would say. It's like, okay, I'm expecting like people that are because the girl kind of has this like when she shows up, like she has this kind of I'm just gonna say badass like appearance and demeanor that i was expecting everybody to go to the class to be like that yeah but that's my own judgment it's Mm -hmm. i think i came with the wrong judgment so then um and i'm not going to describe her appearance too much more to give her like that privacy but then um the guy the older man with the white hair approaches me and he's like hi so is this your first time here and then i'm mad that he's talking to me i'm literally So mad that he's talking to me. I'm like in my mind, I'm like, is he really trying to talk to me?
1: <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. Like, I'm so mad that I'm here right now. And he was like, Oh, and he says the girl's name. He's like, Yeah, she's always like a few minutes late. He's like, Don't worry, she's gonna fly in here any minute. And I'm just like, I don't need your reassurance. I don't need to talk to you. I'm about to leave. Literally, like turn around and stop talking to me. <laughs> like that's what I'm thinking.
1: <laughs> Are you in the class? You're in the class on your yoga. No, mat we're in, not the naked. Oh, in, the in the parking
0: lot. Oh, in the parking lot. Room. The girl hasn't even gotten there. We're all standing outside oh. the secret, like spray painted door that's hidden in like a wall. (laughs) Oh my gosh. gosh. And then I see a girl that's got like a shaved head and piercings and tattoos. And she's like, she's like kind of like on the circumference, like kind of keeping a distance, but she has a yoga mat. And I'm like, I think I felt so much better when I saw that girl. Yeah. I literally went in, I put my yoga mat right next to her. When we went in the girl came and the girl was like, my the teacher is like my kind of energy just like all flighty like she's late and she's like hey everyone and then she just is like goes up the steps she's like come on in and like opens the door we all go up the steps and like we're in this like little studio (laughs) and she like has us introduce ourselves which i was annoyed with at first too but she had us go around the room introduce ourselves say why we're here and like some of the men were actually really honest they were like they said things like um I'm here, um, because my girlfriend broke up with me or I've been single and I'm just trying to feel, um, more connected to my body. Some were going through heartbreak. Some were just feeling alone. Some were, Aww. um, just having, just wanting like, um, a, a more deeper yoga practice. So I wanted to release shame. Um, I wanted to, you know, connect Aww. with my inner child and release like, you know, childhood trauma and, um. And so we all went around the room and then what was really cool was the practice started out. We were all like facing each other in a circle, Mm -hmm. which I was annoyed with at first. But then we (laughs) turned like we we like you didn't like start out naked and like walk into the room naked. You basically took off your clothes as you were practicing. Mm -hmm. So you would, you would start like in the circle and you might take off your shirt or your um, top or your pants and like leave your underwear on for a little bit or whatever you want to do. But eventually said everyone, when you get to your back and you're facing away from the center, she said only she could see you, you have to be totally naked. And she, she just took us through a lot of breath work and the breath work was amazing. And it, and it really helped me notice like shame. I was caring about being naked, being seen, um, my body. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I realized that like, when the, like the men in the class did see me naked, they'd seen like a million boobs already. Like what's another (laughs) set of boobs. They're not going to attack me. They're not going to like have fantasies about me because we're like, Like, and if they are, like, I didn't feel that it felt like it was more, it was more like, um, we were all so vulnerable. Who's going to be doing that? It's like, we're all naked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, that's true.
1: And that's like, she required uh in a way that made it better. It's not like you can get naked as you want or not. It's like, you need to get naked. We're not all doing this. Uh, Um, some of us are doing it this while others aren't like that's not fair like we're all right. in
0: yeah yeah and she made it clear like it was an hour and a half practice but within 10 oh, wow. minutes everybody had to be naked <laughs> like she was like you know by the time we're on our backs everybody and she was like but you're mostly not going to be looking at anyone else around you so you and, never and...
1: were in downward dog because if no i was in downward dog I ne- in the circle i'm thinking no you still wouldn't see anybody's rear <laughs> and all their yeah parts. no you wouldn't have yeah
0: No, but we never did downward dog at all. We just did like, (laughs) we did some like gentle, like stretches facing the circle, more like standing and like on our knees and sitting. And then when we went around to our back, we, she did, she guided us through 30 minutes of this deep breath work that reminded me of what my oldest son had been um, teaching me because we were experiencing a lot of um, stress at home. At the Mm -hmm. same time, my son and I were going through just he was going through a lot. And um, there's this Wim Hof. Yeah, it was so crazy, like the coincidence of. So my son had taught me this breathing technique, and it was the exact same breathing technique that she uses to guide people, because her biggest thing was like guiding the breath work when you're doing naked yoga is mostly to help with like trauma and the nervous system. So helping people that might have gone through um, being sexually abused or, um, trauma when they were little or, um, feeling any kind of disconnect from their body, shame in their identity, their gender identity, um, anything about like who they are. Um, and uh, so, um, but the breathing was Wim Hof's breathing technique, where you breathe, uh, take deep breaths for about 30 seconds. And then you exhale completely and hold your breath for a minute on the exhale. So all the the oxygen is out of your body. For a minute? For a whole minute. And actually um, my son, um, he he worked me up and guided me to be able to hold my breath for three minutes. So he would walk me through this practice when we were both in for three whole minutes. And it would go by like this. It was like your whole body, what would happen was like when all the oxygen goes out of your lungs, like there's no oxygen anywhere in your body. So instead of holding your, your breath with like your lungs full, you totally exhale all the oxygen out. Mm. And then your body, all the oxygen that's already in your body, like in your blood, it like rushes through like your whole body and your whole body starts getting warm and like tingling. And you feel the the blood just like moving and it and Whoa. it's so soothing to your nervous system like if you're in fight or flight it like it does something where it kind of lowers your it it, it like settles your nervous system at like an unconscious level i that's wow. how the only way i could say it it's amazing wow yeah so she did the exact same prog thing but she mostly um had us holding our breath for 30 seconds to a minute, not three minutes. And then she incorporated well, yeah, let's tapping. preface that. Like this, yeah. this is, yeah, this is, do not try to hold your breath
1: for even one minute right away. I think this, like, make sure you have like a guided professional because that's like a really, um, I mean, even one minute well, can Wim be Hoff, tough. But yeah. if you're doing the whim can... Hof, yeah, that's, that. it sounds like a really good breathing technique. And it's... if you're following the practice the way that they're guiding you, then- That's, yeah, that's a goal is maybe you can get to three minutes. And I have heard that. Um, And if your body is still, I mean, yeah, there's so many things that I've seen with like people that do the underwater plunging and stuff like that. And, and um, scuba diving, how they train themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That will Wim Hof is like called the ice man. So he's the one that does like the ice plunges and he's the one that goes and sits out in the snow. And he's the one that was on goop with Gwyneth. He's the guy that was
1: on. I think he was on the show Goop, which I highly recommend. Gwyneth Paltrow has um, a series called Goop. And it was only like, it was like a mini series of like five episodes or something. But I swear Mm -hmm. it's him in the one episode. He was plunging and he, yeah, he talks about the, um, I I think it was that. Were you laying down when you did it then?
0: Uh, Yes. Yeah. And it yeah. So we were all like, we were all laying like away from like feet. Our heads were in the middle of our circle, and we were laying away. And we were like, we were like tapping on our body and like doing the breathing and everything. But it yeah, it was the tapping, the tapping, the tapping.
1: Yeah, mm -hmm. the tapping. Um, we we talked about EMDR in another episode, Mm -hmm. and um, I had found out more on the EMDR therapy. It's like where you're taking something in your brain. It's like moving trauma out of your brain. And apparently the tapping is a big part of the EMDR therapy because when you go from one side of your body to the other, so if you're tapping like left on your shoulder, like left, right, left, right, left, right. And while you're like processing the trauma and the therapist is like guiding you through things and you're talking about it, that can help you move it out. And she said, this um, girl that I met that did EMDR for herself, and then she was trained in it. She said even things like walking or running are a natural way to move and process through trauma or like anxiety and stress. That's why oh, people wow. like to run because they're going left, right, left, right, left, right. And you're like, you know, people will say it's meditative for them, but it is, it's a huge release to like let go of things. And oh. um, I think that's a subtle, I don't know the whole detail of it, but um, if you aren't ready to go sign up for an actual therapy session, just knowing that walking and running are really powerful for releasing Mm -hmm. stress and trauma because of that. So anyways, you just made me think of that. I wanted to talk about that since I had more information on it. If anybody had heard our other episode about EMDR, it does sound pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I still want to look it up and try it. Yeah. So that, so you did tapping on yourself or the teacher came around and did tapping in the naked. No, we
0: did no, we did tapping. She, she would just tell us where to tap. Wow. You know, as we were breathing and as we were laying there, it was like, she incorporated the tapping into the breath work. It was so good. Wow. It was, it felt like, honestly, not at all what I thought it would be. I felt mm. like I released like a deep, painful, um, feeling in my heart. I I definitely felt a deep release of shame around being naked. Um, mm-hmm. and in front of other people or something I there was definitely a shift that happened and then um I felt kind of humbled because so many people were not there for the reason I thought they were all really being vulnerable and they were all so Mm. kind and it felt like a sacred space and then I I realized how judgmental I was going into it and it was just a lot of mm. people that wanted to like work on themselves. They were all there to work on themselves. Like nobody tried to talk to me or meet me after the class, everybody just left. Yeah. It wasn't like people were checking me out. It was just totally. And then I felt like I was really (laughs) scared being naked and the tapping, like I even though I was realizing that I was in a safe environment, I still felt this fear of being naked. We're kind of, it was like a shock to my system that I was naked in front of people. Like, is this safe? Because on a primal yeah. level, it's like, like, am I safe as a woman being naked with um, like more men in the class than women? And um, and I was safe, like, and the tapping was like affirming, like you're safe and almost was an empowering practice because empowering me to like, that this is my body, nobody can touch it or um, or do anything to me without my permission. Um, people can look, but that's not going to hurt me. Like, it just felt like empowering and, um, and I just felt really humbled by the whole thing and grateful. And I felt like I was with a woman who was really, really highly, um, trained, um, sensitive, extremely conscious and had a very strong protective energy of the space. She was really knowledgeable. And it felt like she knew exactly like why people were there and what kind of practice this really was. And that it wasn't so much just about yoga, but it was about the breath work and releasing like any unconscious, um, pain and fear in the nervous system. It, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, wow. this I feel like this woman should be training like so many other women on her, oh. the way she does it. But mm-hmm. that's just my own feeling. It was so good. It sounds yeah. amazing.
1: I remember you talking about it a little bit and um, just giving me that general like a summary of what you said. And it like I could just tell that there's a shift of your like you said your judgment. It's like I'm so glad that you moved through it and you didn't run away. How often we have these fears and these anxieties and our mind to tell us a story and they judge others and they make assumptions. And you're totally humbled and
0: it's mm-hmm. nothing
1: like you experience and and that's like some of the best kind of life lesson is to move mm-hmm. through that stuff that you prejudge. <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah, actually. Yeah. This is how it is. Well, that's
0: cool. So so, so yeah, then so I basically what <clears throat> I I I wo- so I woke up in the middle of the night last night and yeah. I felt really connected and peaceful. And my heart was really open and I felt this like gratitude, but also complete embrace and feeling of, um, being held by like this energetic, peaceful presence that was massive and just surrounding me. And I just felt like, you know, I was in another dimension, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and I've, I, I, was at like kind of at peace with coming to peace with like all these different parts of my life. And then, um, this man who left me and this girl like came into my awareness. And all of a sudden I felt like this contraction and this feeling of pain. And um, I, I've worked through a lot of jealousy of this, you know, girl or being left and feeling abandoned or like not worthy or whatever. But I noticed that this pain was there and I was really upset. And I, like, because I felt so disconnected and I was just like, Oh my gosh, I've been working with this for three years. And I did kind of fall off the bandwagon. I have, um, this girl posts everything public and I had not gone on her page for probably like six months. And I went back and looked at something yesterday and it kind of triggered me, but I didn't think it triggered me that bad, but I just kind of was like, Oh yeah, they're still in relationship together. They look happy why not you just be happy for them kind of thing, but it's like, why not? Oh, easy. Why don't you just 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 be happy? Be happy for them. But I was uh, like, clearly like, I, this Mm -mm. isn't me. This isn't, I don't know that that's my end goal. See, no, we don't have to.
1: Yeah. That's not fair. We don't have to force. Okay. So moving out of your unworthiness. Yes. But forcing yourself to be happy for someone that caused you hurt and that you don't, vibe with like I don't think you would really be friends with this girl it sounds like she doesn't feel like a safe space for you even if she was your teacher as a yoga teacher
0: well no because she basically like she's not your person you know yeah was yeah I mean I like we never were friends before this happened so you don't have to wish
1: ill on her however you don't need to force happiness for them and throw them a big party yeah
0: right that god
1: divine does not ask that of you you can just it is what it is you know like yeah that's true i mean i don't know if that's the right thing to say but i just feel this energy of like it's like almost like a neutral like there's really no words for it but i i don't feel like you need to require and make yourself feel a happiness for them You know, yeah, maybe not yet. It might come though, it might come on its own, and you suddenly realize, wow, like Elizabeth Gilbert didn't, wasn't there that with her ex, where like that was a big healing part of her experience with her ex that she divorced when she they were on the roof dancing in her imagination, and and she wished him well and apologized, or for he forgave, she felt like he forgave her. It was almost just like this, like forgiveness. Maybe that's like the word I'm trying to find. You're just forgiving the whole thing because she is who she is. He is who he is. You know, you all have your journeys and she's actually uh, fired you up to do naked yoga and maybe other things that you don't even realize that she's pushed you towards. Well, I I think I... um... Yeah. I and this, I don't know, it, I'm I, analyzing. I, I'm analyzing. So I could just be quiet and let you talk. Uh, because no, so you it's thought okay. you should be I happy feel, for her. I don't know.
0: No, 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 no. I didn't I didn't actually think that it crossed my mind, but it wasn't like I was oh. I was I think I was just trying to um like I noticed I was being triggered when I looked yesterday and I was yeah and I knew I and so I like put the phone down and I um and it's also like kind of a weird energy to be able to um almost like spy on your ex and their new girlfriend on like a public venue and yeah and like whether in their private space of like their one of their houses and like doing something it just feels weird and I don't yeah. I guess social media like allows that but I think if there is something <laughs> like this situation it really can dig the um feeling of oh like look, look what you lost look how happy they are that kind of thing. So it's really, um, potent feelings of loss, but (laughs) so I, right. Yeah. So, okay. So I, I put the phone down and I, and I, and I went to bed and I went to bed on like a positive, like I prayed and did my meditations and did a bunch of different things and went to bed on a much more positive note. And then, so when they came into my awareness in the middle of the night, I felt this like frustration and anger because I, I'm like, how long is this gonna go on? And I um I I asked to be like there was like th- there were these like visions of kind of like a life I had imagined with him when we were together. But I just I'm like I was like frustrated and mad that, that had like that we had ever even shared these visions that obviously like didn't come true. And then I asked if like that could all be taken back. And I felt like this voice was like, are you sure that's what you want? Like all that to be taken back, like everything that him and I shared. And I was like, okay, I just want the highest path of healing for me from this point on. And it was like, then you just need to embrace this pain you're feeling right now. You just, that's like me, like what if you just need to, embrace like what is right now and that you're not wrong for having gone on social media yesterday you're not wrong for feeling all this pain when you think of them like this pain is the healing that you need to go through Mm -hmm. and so I was just like oh like I hate this like yeah Yeah. so I was like oh so I kind of like felt I felt really disconnected from you know my like god or anyone at this point I was just feeling more anxiety and like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and so I just kind of was like, at first I imagined like rubbing my own back, like, okay, like I'm going to imagine comforting myself. So I was trying to be creative. Like I'm rubbing my own back. Cause I'm like, you know, my kids find me comforting. Can't I just comfort myself? <laughs> like I'm constantly rubbing their backs and they're constantly asking me, you know, uh, to play with them outside, um, to, yeah. to take them places and everything <laughs> like that but it's hard for me to receive from myself. So I tried to kind of practice that for a little bit. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: all of a sudden it was like, this like switch went off. And I realized that I was feeling like unworthy of God, like, because I associated this man with God that I was with. Cause he had, like you said, it was like, I confused. Mm -hmm. And because Mm -hmm. I associated him with God, when he like left and chose someone else, it was like, I didn't feel worthy of even God. So every time yeah. I thought of that situation, it took me away from God because he was, and I still feel like he's like a really um, deep soul. Like I don't um, hate him. I just like, I I don't, I see that, but I definitely confused him and God. So I, all of a sudden I was like, um, mm. God determines my worth, not this man, and not anyone else. I just like said it. I was like, God determines my worth. God, And I just kept saying it. God determines my worth. And then I felt like almost I was in like no man's land where I wasn't feeling the anxiety and I wasn't feeling like disconnected or connected. I just went to no man's land. It was like, it just was like a place of, huh, this is a different space. God determines my worth. And then I was like, I actually was created by God and I'm a part of God And if this guy like turned away from me, like he's turning away from a a part of God and that's his journey to turn away from me. But, and then all of a sudden I just, out of nowhere, I was like, God knows me Mm -hmm. like God knows me right now. And all of a sudden I felt myself just flood with spirit. It was like, I was like, I'm like seen, I'm cared for, I'm not lost and i just felt so much like and it kind of like came and Mm, went like where i would i would i would feel it and then i would kind of um you know but i i realized that this is um uh a journey it's a practice for me because it like kind of comes and goes where I, i it's like you're deep like at my deepest level to really believe that um because it yeah. I've really confused this man with this like right. spirited connection I have with with God or the divine. Yeah. And I, I felt that I, I yeah. think it's I felt it's that intense.
1: A, it mm-hmm. I felt that really like tripped you up. Um in in the relationship. I felt it. And afterwards, I did feel like there's like this, it's confusing because it almost messes with reality, even though like the reality we have is already kind of an illusion and confusing to begin with on this plane like this earth plane like and then this guy who felt we felt you felt was like more connected to you know the god energy um i don't know if saying more but there just was this deep connection well yeah sometimes and more you're worth yeah, yeah. you're worth yeah because it. and there was like an idolization yeah. a little bit like you did idolize him before you were with him you know slightly. Yeah. Slightly. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But there was like and that how do you have a relationship with someone that has this power? It feels like they have this power and you're wanting that like we all desire that connection. Um Right. I mean, maybe not everyone. Many people don't believe in God, but like just the idea of having this like confidence and feeling the flow. And if you believe in the divine you know being connected like that's my ultimate goal is to really just like feel fully connected and I yeah I think it really did affect you and having the clarity that you said something like God has you said God knows me but I feel like you said something else when you talked about this like that God is always there for me didn't you say that God has and always God, loved God, deter-
0: God determines my worth
1: yeah. I felt, but maybe you didn't say it, but if also, to me, it came through as like, God is always there for me. Like God has always been there for me yeah. and knows me and determines my worth. And it's like that guy, that per- no person can determine your worth as much as the higher, the mm-hmm. highest self yeah. of all of us, you know, like it's always, it's all knowing it's always there. It's always available, even if we don't feel it or sense it. And I did want to ask when you said you felt flooded with spirit, because some people might be like, what does that mean? Like some people might not have ever had an experience with like even meditating or feeling connection. And so they know what you mean when you say you felt flooded with spirit. Did you just feel like buzzy, light filled? Did your body feel warm? Did you feel like a release from, you know, worldly concern like can you just describe that on your physical body so you can kind of paint the picture for people
0: um I guess it felt like I was um like a peaceful feeling what ran through my body and a feeling of um like that tingling uh expansive energy and also love like I was being like hugged by my you know my grandfather who passed away just Mm -hmm. like, yes, that's right. You know, you're Mm -hmm. on the right track kind of. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's
0: good. Uh, I
1: feel like I just feel your lightness this morning. And I feel like there's just like peace that was brought to you. And it's just such like a nice gift to know, to be reminded, because I know you're worthy. And I know you deserve love. And you are loved. And not knowing like, the whole reason for things but clearly that whole experience was for something and to keep trusting yeah. you know keep trusting yeah. that it's making you like um i don't know keep moving towards the light <laughs> and trusting in yourself oh gosh but what's crazy is it's like you essentially gave up control right and it was like you finally like released everything and then you were met, you, you met source, you met God, you met right divinity. Yeah. And you were like, what did you say? Feel into that? Because that's what I've been working on. lately. Like, yeah. like I just feel like I have to accept the pains that are coming, my emotions, my physical pain, yeah. and just, yeah. just like feeling into it, you Like know?
0: surrender into the Surrendering. shit. Like yeah. just surrender into like the thing that you think is you've gone wrong and you've done the wrong thing. Yeah. Instead of like distracting yourself or avoiding it just feel it right
1: yeah because what did you say it's the pain that will heal you or whatever whatever you said was so beautiful this is what exactly source to your healing but you said it and it was like it's probably gonna be the name of our podcast of this episode (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna gonna re-listen somewhere around 40 (laughs) minutes now we are we are like this was a long episode, but it it was such yeah. a good one. It's, um, it's not that long. But yeah, we probably could wrap it up. I just think you had a lot of good stuff to talk about. And I am recovering from the COVID. I got the Rona and I'm I on know. the tail end of it.
0: And I feel I, so bad. I didn't bring I, it up, but she's been muting no, no, and coughing no. every once in a while. She's I doing great. You're doing great. Oh my gosh. My body is so
1: strong. I'm just... <laughs> really, you know, rising up through the Rona. That's Mm -hmm. like, um, but I don't feel as full of words and uh, clarity this morning. It's just been nice to listen to your story. So thanks for sharing all of your stories. Oh, you're welcome. Maybe one day I will do naked yoga, but I don't know. I feel like a big part of my rising up with my comfortable comfortability with my body I remember just like deciding in the locker rooms when I would go to like the rec center or the gym I'd be like I was just one day I was like I'm just gonna be fully naked instead of like shuffling out of my clothes awkwardly I just started just getting buck naked (laughs) like all these old ladies and I was like they're so comfortable walking around this locker room with their boobies (laughs) hanging down and they have nothing like that is you know sexy or, but there's something about it that their, their confidence and their yeah. um, vulnerability is just like, I love that. Like the, yeah. the elders can teach us so much. I'm like, these ladies walk walking around naked. I'm just going to do it. I don't.
0: Yeah. yeah. And why? they've been why doing not? that since we were little. Like when we were little, we swam and we went to yeah. this club, like this place when we were little, like all year round. And in the winter, yes. I distinctly remember the women naked. Coming mm-hmm. in and out of the sauna, and they were so confident, yeah and they could and all the care different care
1: types, yep. yeah,
0: could care less what you're they're like, here I am. you know, yep. we all got the same thing, And I'd be like,
1: <laughs> yes, and it was so shocking to us. I made a so shock funny.
0: Face. We would giggle, yeah, it was
1: so awkward. i I yeah. think there is something that we've just believed in. and and i I read a book um that was a really wonderful book a couple years ago. um. And the woman talked about when she was in another country and everyone was naked, all the women were topless. And there was a child, a mother had a child, and the child was so uncomfortable around her, the author, because she had clothes on and was like scared of her. And then she realized if she took her shirt off, and she did, she took her shirt off, and this child immediately was comfortable with her because he saw her as he saw all the other women naked. Oh my gosh. Boobies like the true body. And like, he just did not feel comfortable when she had a shirt on. Isn't that crazy?
0: That is crazy. Yeah. 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 It is is what we're used to, you know? Yeah. It's just what we're used to. And it is kind of weird how we've made the body to be this, this, I mean, for so many women, it's like, oh, if you wear this, you'll look better. Or if you, you know, cover this up. Or if you look just this way and there's so much pressure on appearance for women that when Mm -hmm. you just strip it all down to naked bodies, it's like, oh my gosh, everybody's beautiful. And all the clothes are just like covering up and trying to hide just our humanity. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, I, I still think like, a pencil or pen and ink drawing of a naked female is one of the most beautiful things. You know, we Mm -hmm. had to do that in college and art school. And I mean, it's just amazing. It's a, it's just a very beautiful thing. Like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I would prefer to draw a female body than a male, but Mm -hmm. at this time in my life, anyways, I think that, I think that's amazing. And uh, thank you for sharing and being vulnerable.
0: Yeah. Thanks for listening and thanks for the audience for not judging me. And also, um, yeah, just, I share my story, um, with hope that, um, those listening know I was going through like a lot of transformation and like change and, um, not to, not that any of my paintings of the way people looked going into the yoga class was actually um, something that I'm not. I don't know. I I had that. I those are the judgments I had. But looking back, I kind of saw it all wrong. And I guess that just was eye opening for me that your perception of things can totally be wrong. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is humbling
1: what you said. It's beautiful. Well, thank yeah, you. So,
0: Hopefully this is a safe, sacred space to share these stories <laughs> because I do like to kind of share them with knowing that like these journeys are sacred and it's not like shared lightly. I want to say, you know, right, I don't if it, share, I don't share this with everyone and this is just kind of a safe space that we're creating. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. So I wanted to add that because yeah. I remember at the beginning of the the naked yoga class, the instructor said, <clears throat> You know, your experience here, um, this is like a safe space, and it's, um, and, you know, what you see and what you do here and what you experience. Um, is just for you. And it's not, you know, to be shared, really, it's like passing clouds across the sky. So I feel like, okay, I shared my experience without giving the names of anyone. But but I also wanted to just kind of share my own story to empower others who might be interested in finding or releasing judgment of whatever they might be holding towards an experience like that. Yeah, I don't think you shared.
1: Yeah. You didn't share details of what happened in the class aside from the breath work. It felt like a very, um, I think it's a good thing to share so people can feel like if that's something that could help them, if they feel comfortable, um, it might be a healing practice for them, uh, a release, something to just feel more empowered or free or something. I think, I Mm -hmm. think that was a good, yeah. I, um, I was going to say something else, but I forget. So, Um, just lots of gratitude for you and sharing and if oh if anybody wants to share if anybody has a story that this made them think of their experience like naked yoga or maybe you went to like burning man and you were like naked at burning man or what your experience (laughs) it made me think of that um uh not to say like whatever like I just that came in my awareness um mm-hmm. if you think of like Woodstock but if anybody had anything else that they've done whether it's yoga or some kind of like earth earthly um like walking in nature barefoot like I love that like the walking meditation barefoot mm-hmm. grounding you know anything like that if it made you think of anything you can email podcast at com. It's the acronym for Who Put Us in Charge, W-P-U-I-C Podcast at gmail.com. We love stories, so feel free. You could even, um, you could write it or you could record your voice and send us the audio. Either one works. And we wanted to keep this an ad-free podcast. Just, it just, we felt inspired to do this. We felt inspired to start recording our conversations because we talk a lot. We're sisters and we love talking and we talk we love to talk about deeply spiritual stuff sometimes and stuff that like we're finding on our journey, things we read, we watch. And I wish we could just stick a recorder on our phone sometimes, but we are going to start um, a donation page and we'll let you know about that. But um, just for a good cause to keep the podcast going and you're not obligated to donate. Don't feel pressure. It's just there. If you feel inspired but we wanted to start doing some other types of ads that are <laughs> for like the earth and like earth-oriented, spirit-oriented, whatever that aren't actual like consumerism products, I guess. yeah. You know, if it is, it has yeah. to do with like bettering Mother Earth. So this ad, we would love, love to promote carrots.
0: <laughs> We've always
1: had this vision of encouraging others to eat carrots so i'm gonna start this out river the reasons that i think you should eat carrots of course because not only are they one of my family's favorite colors orange there's also purple carrots and yellow carrots um and kind of like white ones i don't know are Uh they white yeah yeah but carrots have um Beta carotene, which of course we know is uh, a necessary thing to take on in your body. They promote, which helps promote healthy vision. Um, Did you know carrots balance your blood sugar? I didn't know this. They do. So if you're having trouble with your (laughs) blood sugar, eat more carrots. (laughs) And you told me this once, River, that we're supposed to be eating like the crunchy things. And that's why we go towards like chips but actually eating things like carrots and nuts to help your jaw build up muscle, am i right? Yes, there. you are
0: right. You're yes. very right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, actually I think um one of the uh col- the Ivy League colleges did a study that humans like their jaw used to be more defined when they ate more meat and like um and things that were raw vegetables like your Whoa. it actually strengthens your jaw and it and it helps like your um yeah, your teeth. But I also Whoa. think there's, um, they say when people chew something crunchy, it relieves anxiety and stress, like too. There's something about chewing something oh. crunchy. There's something satisfying about it and it can release um, stress too. Uh, yes, that is
1: amazing. Well, yeah, there's a lot of things that I've, I've learned about carrots when I was doing a little bit of research, but they also boost your brain health and might lower cancer risk. I feel like all vegetables lower cancer risk. I mean, yeah. you always see that, but like the weight uh-huh. management also. So get your carrots on. Do you have anything to add to the, the reason you love carrots?
0: River? <laughs> and, and they're grounding because they're, they're, they're root vegetables. So they're under the ground. Oh. So I've um, learned in yoga with, um, mm. uh, uh Ayur, what is that Ayurveda? Yeah. That they, um, they're, because they're a root vegetable, like a potato and a sweet potato, they're under the ground. So when you eat them, they actually ground your energy instead of, mm. um, bringing you up. So you're like kind of up in the others ethers. <laughs> yeah. Down. It's like walking in grass, how that grounds you Well, eating a carrot will help ground you. Okay. So, so get naked, Go get your carrot, get go naked and go eat carrot some carrot
1: and walk in the forest. Go walk in <laughs> <laughs> Female spotted, naked, eating a carrot in the forest. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it too. Yeah. All right. That was that was a good way to wrap it up. You guys have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Like and subscribe.
0: Yep, sounds good, people. Every Sunday we'll release. Take care. Bye.